to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome to episode 226 of the Dave's I Know podcast, uh, a mashup uh, edition with uh, one of the uh, co-hosts and uh, producers and uh, general soccer extraordinaire, Eric Silver of the, of the Minnesota football show. Um, yeah, welcome, Eric. It's been... It's been a while since we've had you on the podcast, and this is your first time meeting Jess. So, uh, yeah, your thoughts so far? She's got very red hair. <laughs> she does <laughs> very much so. And uh, one week out from my next appointment. Okay. Uh, well, lovely lady, lovely voice. I, I've, I, I'll, I'll send you some respect. I've, I've really appreciated you as the addition. So, well done, Dave, on the recruitment. And you know, back in the day, we had uh, Sheila was one of our co-host and we kind of lost her also a redhead ways, yeah well in some ways you've kind of become the new sheila as well which which is a good thing uh bringing that vibe and um we never know exactly where people are in their in their football experiences and kind of where they're entering and they're so i appreciate dirty. that's right and i appreciate that you ask some really important questions that not everybody knows because we just don't know where people are starting because that's what sheila would do for us too to kind of <laughs> help us explain and like what the hell does that mean? And what's the acronym? And you do that. So I, I really appreciate you for that. Yeah. My yes. ignorance knows no bounds. And I'm not <laughs> It's a wonder. But here's the thing. You're never alone. So it's a very important thing. That's true. Thank and that is actually, that's actually been one of the, the, the highlights of 2021 in, in this generally shit year was uh, Jeff coming out of the podcast and, oh. and, and, and reminding MJ and I that, yes, like not everybody people care about this team who don't, don't have the history, don't have all the, the knowledge that we do. And it's important to like step back and broaden the knowledge our tent. In, in, in really big air quotes for us. Fair, that's fair. Inclusivity. Fair. Inclusivity. fair point. It's a buzzword. Yeah. Uh, speaking of MJ, that dude, uh, that dude plays on so many goddamn broomball teams that the only day yeah, he's of the, the week, of it, right? that he doesn't have off between now and basically the end of February is uh, Mondays. So that's what, the reason MJ is not here. MJ would lo- would have loved to be here. I know, I know he would. I know he, he loves you, Eric and, and uh, talking, yeah, especially. Just, and he loves me too. Yeah, he does. He does love you, Jess. Uh, <laughs> but he, I know, he, I know he's, he likes talking combo bowl and uh, Eric, uh, we'll talk about in, in a, in a little bit here. Um, Eric Silver Brenneman is a, uh, a Goyas fan, a Brazilian Formerly Serie B team, now a Serie A team uh, in Brazil, and so we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But let's uh let's get started. So my first question, I basically is is we're all soccer fans, obviously. What was your uh, what was your your favorite soccer specific uh Christmas gift this year? And Jess, how about we start with you? 
don't mind if I do. Um, I know the audio medium is not good for show and tell. However, I am currently showing my co-hosts my AFC yep. Richmond hoodie. Um, nice. Ted Lasso approved. And uh, funnily enough, my mother also asked for all Ted Lasso related apparel mm. for Christmas. Nice. And is now very eagerly awaiting the next time I invite her to a Minnesota United game. This is the woman that came to one United game with me at TCF Bank Stadium in the interim ugly years and said she would never go again because I was so obnoxious. <laughs> she said, Jesse, because my mother calls me Jesse. Jesse, you are obnoxious. And I said, that's the point, mom. That's why I come. <laughs> does, does she? Li so question is, does she listen to the podcast at all or no? Oh, hell no. If my mother ever found out about this podcast, <laughs> I would have to shoot myself in the face. Because my mother doesn't need to know a lot of things that I have shared to this community. <laughs> and I just want you guys to know that, like, it's special, this relationship I have with you. All of you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, my, I, I don't think my mom would care about the shit I've said on here, but my mom also has not, it does no idea how to uh, download a podcast. Um, my father doesn't even have a fucking email address and they're <laughs> like 60, the they're 63. Like they're not like old, old. They're just like, yeah, they, my dad's just like, eh, I don't, I don't fuck with email. I'm like, you know, when you buy shit online, like they send you a receipt. He's like, yeah. And I sent it to your mom's email account. So, <laughs> um, Eric, what, what was your, what was your, uh, your, your favorite or your best, uh, soccer related, uh, Christmas gift this year? Yeah. I have in-laws not terribly far from Madison uh, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. And uh, so my brother-in-law knows me. We haven't made it to any uh, Mingo's games yet, but uh, I got a flag from the flock that you both saw earlier. It's really nice. cool. Um, that's the, uh, that's the, that, so that's the supporter group for, for Ford Madison. So just for people Correct. who don't know right, the flock. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's got the, the blue kind of a baby blue with the white. And then a uh, pink wing in the middle. And, and when I when I uh, unraveled it, my wife was like, "Is that a trans flag?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No." Kind of looks like it. Same, I know, same, same colors, actually. Yeah, now not far off. Maybe like, is there something you're not way. telling me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what are you What are you trying to say? Um, and then along with that, I got uh, a really dope uh, flamingos scarf as well from him. Nice. Fantastic. Um, Dave. Well, I, I got uh, some. I've had this St. Pauli track jacket on my Amazon wish list for going on four years now. We're so and it just possible, like an OnlyFans situation with an Amazon wish list, only not OnlyFans. Because maybe that's something I might conjure up. <laughs> not saying. Just saying. Anyways, so I have this. So I, I sent my uh, I sent my mother my Amazon wish list, and my mom, uh, as as a lot of you know, is, is going through chemo right now, and so she doesn't have the the energy to go to like stores to go shopping. Because my mom is like one of the best gift gift givers uh, I've ever known, and uh, so she's she bought she clearly bought it off my Amazon wish list, which I was like all of a sudden it like disappeared one day. I was looking at it for some reason. Um, to add stuff onto it for you know no particular reason whatsoever, and uh, and it was gone. I was like, oh okay, interesting. 
um figured sometimes like shit is just out of stock and it disappears right it um, disappears. yeah and then uh but yeah so that was under the christmas tree at my parents house and funnily enough i had i bought my daughter uh a saint Pauli hoodie um for her for her christmas so with our kids we do like something you want something you need a piece of clothing a book a record we have like like six things or whatever you get so it's like a keep it very easy um and so i for the for her clothing for this year because it's she's you know uh almost eight month old now like she doesn't know what she wants or needs um and Nor does she, she have an she, opinion. She has so much goddamn clothing. I was like, let's get her I want to get her something that I you think I would I will enjoy seeing her in. So bought her a St. Paul hoodie. So we have basically the same same St. Pauli jacket, um, which I'm very excited to rock um uh, with sweet. her after the after the winter break from in Germany. So mm-hmm. it's very and cool. If she's anything like me, she'll want to save all of the clothes that are two sizes up from where she is now and two sizes down as well, because it will come back around. Just yeah, because yeah, because she'll definitely get smaller from where she is right now. Um, <laughs> oh, and the, the other, the other, I think big uh, fun present from Santa for both Anne and I was uh, tickets to the U.S. Men's National Team Olympic or World Cup qualifier. Mm. I put I put okay. those under I put those under the tree, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, so yeah, so it was fun. Uh, awesome. Did, well, very cool. Super, super special long underwear or like hand warmers or something like that to go along with it because it could be crazy fun for that match. I bought uh, I bought foot warmers and uh, body warmers uh, at Menards the other day for there us, and I I need to get some hand warmers uh, to add to the uh, to the collection because yeah, that, that game is going to be cold as shit. So yep. yeah, very excited for that. So all right, well let's jump in, Eric. Why don't you um, tell us a little bit about uh, for people who don't know? I mean, I think I hope most people who listen to this this podcast know about the Minnesota Football Show, but you guys have been around. You might be one of the original Minnesota United kind of not specific podcast, but like you talk about Minnesota United. You've been talking about Minnesota United for a long time, both yeah on the actual radio and not just in the podcast format. But I know you guys have been doing podcasts for for a little while now, especially since COVID kicked off. But the right. actual us- radio, like on Score North. <laughs> not, not not score north we, we were on uh, thank god lower... because i can't stand any of that like from the two announcers and their mispronunciation of lewd lod lud load i Goaltender. can't fucking take it drives me absolutely insane how can we yeah. possibly take them seriously and they've been doing this for a while now it's true and they can't say it right no. so thank you we, we... We were on uh, 98.9 KRSM, which is a more lo-fi south side station. We did that for, oh, Zeller, you were around at the beginning of that too. That was, we did, I did a couple. Right, yeah. Yeah. We started right before the World Cup. That was the 20, 2018, was it? 2018. Yeah. 2018 World Cup. Yeah. So that's kind of when we, uh, pun intended, we kicked that off. And then uh, once the pandemic hit, somewhere, Oh, it must have been early 2020 when we realized that we weren't getting back anytime soon. We kind of switched over to regular podcast probably in February, somewhere around there, February, March 2020. Just kind of stuck with it since um, for obvious reasons. I mean, two of us are have families and kind of protect them. And uh, uh, everybody knows Bridget. Bridget also with you all as well. And, and uh, so, you know, we're just protecting one another and it was just the easy thing to do and in, in any case we, we'd have been included in all these um minnesota podcast activities even when we weren't legitimately a podcast so now we're like you know what now we're actually are so we can actually feel good and feel 
feel better about doing all the podcast tournaments as a real podcast. <laughs> it's a good yeah. medium. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Swear as much as I do, you have to have a podcast. Really, radio. I'd I'd have to be on like Sirius XM or something. I yeah, so positive positives and negatives. I would say just similar to like this medium as well. But yeah. I think I was on in the studio twice, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was really good about not swearing uh, during break. So I, I, I give myself credit for that. So, you were. Um, you were. Yeah, I, I think Sheila was actually the one that would <laughs> get away with stuff. We were like, ah, put it in the jar. What are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, cool. Well, um, yeah. Check out uh, it's uh, at MN Football, F U T B O L show on twitter uh download it wherever you're listening this stupid ass podcast if you don't already download the minnesota football show um yeah bridget is is on regularly uh you've obviously people have heard her on here she writes for or is the editor now for switch the pitch um rodrigo's been on this podcast before he's regular you know him and it's basically it's you eric it's you uh rodrigo and Bridget generally, right? At this sure. point. Yep. So that's right. I know I saw Sheila got a a sweet new uh gig as the Min Post uh arts editor. So good very, for her. <laughs> She's yeah, very she busy now. Like our our legitimate journalist, so it was never yeah. a surprise that we were gonna lose her. It was just more like when is it gonna happen? <laughs> right. Right. Um yeah. So Sheila. Cool. Yeah. Sheila, indeed. All right. Well, let's get let's get through the uh, the very brief amount of news that we have. There's it's obviously the end of the year, so not a ton of stuff going on um, for MOS. However, we're only 59 days away from uh, kickoff of uh, MOS 2022 season, and uh, the loons have some holes to fill. Let's uh, let's put it that way. Uh, first big piece of news: U.S. Open Cup is coming back finally after two years. Uh, Minnesota United will be entering in the third round uh, that will be taking place April 19th to the 21st. They'll be playing a lower division team, probably Des Moines or Ford Madison, I guess, kind of depending on on uh, who wins in there. Um, but yeah, they haven't really determined the format or the, the matchups yet. So um, is there a possibility of Minneapolis City still getting a, a bid? Would they? I think there or? is. I think there is still a possibility. Okay. I don't think it's likely. Yeah. But yeah, but in, in Minneapolis City would go in uh, to the first round, so they would need to win three or two games before they would even get a chance to play Minnesota United. But fuck, man. Minnesota United uh, against Minneapolis City at Augsburg would be fucking Phenomenal. amazing. Phenomenal. be fucking amazing. I'd yep. be cheering for Minneapolis City the entire time. I, I, yeah, I don't fucking care. I'll cheer for Minneapolis City. So, well, um, first, you don't speak- cheer for the pros when they're playing amateurs. Speaking of Minneapolis City, did you guys uh, see the uh, the new the kits that won their new home and away kits? Sure did. Uh, I got one of the no. one of the two. I got. They are fucking great. Um, are. I'll try and drop them in the chat, Jess. If you Google Minneapolis City. Uh, kits twitter probably you can pull them up the home kit is it looks like a crow um it's fucking great and then the uh the away kit is uh neon pink and blue and and fucking great which one did you get eric did you get the i got the the crow one one okay the big crow across that was amazing beautiful loved it 
I own far too many Minneapolis City kits, but I kind of want that crow kit. So, yeah, they knock it out of the park every year. Every year. They do. Yep. Uh, Where is it? Okay. I'll try and find it at some point here. Um, (gasps) So. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, With all the, the cartoon character one? No, the one that has just like a feather. It's pink. Has a feather, and then it says "caw." <laughs> the cartoon one was really cute too. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as is Minneapolis City, and they're and they're really fucking good at it. So, um, yes, so the other kind of big headline uh, is that MLS. If, I don't know if you guys. So you're just you're you're just seeing the the kits right now, Jess. Is that what you're? On? I think so. Yeah. Real real time. So real time. It's real. black and white with pink, and then there's caca right here. Yeah. That's awesome. And then the lightning bolts uh, is kind of like the is this is the uh, second kit. I just dropped a link into the uh, to the. See, if I'm gonna wear a pink kit, I'm gonna wear my flamingos because. I could not help their branding when I was, I don't know if you listened to the episode where we talked about that, Eric, but my sorority in college, the two years I was in the sorority, our uh, mascot was a flamingo and our colors Mm. were baby blue and baby pink, just like the mingos. So I was like, oh my God, this reversible jersey, I have to have it. So I'm leaning towards the black and white with the with the Alfred Hitchcock right here, the birds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, $69, that's not bad. No, anyway. it's very nice, as a matter of fact. Very, very nice. Uh, our friends, uh, Nate Pence of Pence Homes, is the uh, front of kit sponsor this year, too, which is hey, fucking phenomenal. Nate, Nate I'm, I'm reconsidering my anti-home ownership stance. So shout out to Nate if um, you want to... Be real with me as a realtor. I could uh, maybe use a consult. <laughs> I, I will get you Nate's number if you if he doesn't immediately respond to you after listening to the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um, other big news. Uh, we got Dick. Yeah, no, we got no, Eric I, Dick. I Eric Dick, <laughs> Minnesota United selected. Uh, Goalkeeper Eric Dick in the MLS Stage Two reentry draft, which is uh, a funny way of saying um, nothing, really. Uh, he's made yeah. forty-five career appearances. It's like the, the one leftovers after Christmas dinner. Yeah, one start in MLS. Uh, he was drafted by Sporting Kansas City uh, with the thirteenth overall pick in the twenty eighteen MLS Super Draft. Played mostly for uh, Swope Park Rangers, which was the Kansas City USL affiliate. Um, he was selected. Six five. Yeah, 6'5", 205 pounds. He played for the Columbus crew most recently. Um, and I think that's his only uh, professional start in MLS was with the Columbus crew one game. So uh, I don't know. This It means nothing other than probably that, you know, he'll be the backup goalkeeper. Zendejas is gone. Um, it means probably that they're going to be selling or trading one of uh, Eric Miller or Dane St. Clair. So. Really? You think so? Who's this fucking dick? Like, no way. You got- I feel like both Dane St. Clair and Tyler Miller have put in their digs 
and we should keep both of them. I'm sorry, Eric Dick, I have nothing against you. I don't know you personally nor professionally, but I do have very strong loyalties to both Dane St. Clair and Tyler Miller. Um, they've Jess, been up, you have, they've been down. You I have mean, no, Dane, I nothing against Dick, Jess, in is the that what I thought you were saying? Game, I'm just saying I got enough dick, dick. <laughs> right. uh, I don't think it's so much about uh, not having enough dick uh, or or getting some more dick. It's about um, you know, this could be the entire episode, honestly. Yeah, we got we got dick is the name of the podcast. <laughs> uh, is that we you know, there's that old uh, it's I think an American football saying if you have uh uh, two starting quarterbacks, you have zero starting quarterbacks. I think basically Minnesota needs to shit or get off the pot on either Dane St. Clair or Eric Miller. I think either one yeah, would be fine. Um, there's, there's, there's enough demand out there. For... So they're probably going to get rid of Miller if they're going to get rid of anybody because Dane's still young. Correct. I don't know. I think, I, I think there's a, there's, there's a very real pot. Go ahead. You go first, Dave. Oh, I think there's a very real possibility that they sell um, Dane St. Clair and uh and with two grandpa goalies well eric miller's only like 25 or 26 the dude's not fucking old <laughs> like I mean, dancing clear is soccer years here believe wait a me second, wait a second. i'm tyler, 37 tyler next miller. month tyler miller tyler, sorry tyler miller not eric miller you're right tyler miller that's, my apologies that's the other one that's yeah the other the other, the, the other miller <laughs> tyler miller um uh no i mean goalkeepers <laughs> don't actually goalkeepers don't actually like uh round into uh form until like they're probably in like their late 20s early 30s yeah like it's they're well, not it's not is 28 for the record okay so that so he's like just now getting into his probably his like peak he's just starting yeah. his peak compared to every other outfield player at 28 is probably like at their peak or like on the the downswing from their peak that's, the that's goalkeepers generally tend to be a little so i think you could have Tyler Miller as your goalkeeper for the next five years and be fine. I think, honestly, um, with, the mustache. with no they, mustache, he's bullshit. I, I, I <laughs> fair. You're the only woman I know who like really loves a mustache on a on a on a Tyler no, Miller. Tyler Miller, and it's due to his performance. The correlation between the mustache having and the clean sheet having. Fair enough. I don't give a shit um, about his face. I think the, the smart move is. To invest in, in St. Clair, I think, and keep him around. And I think there's demand elsewhere in the league for Miller. But I mean, we know this club, and so who knows what the hell they're actually going to do? Um, I, know I, what I would hope, ever do. Well said. I, I would hope DSC would stick around and let Miller go, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Think two uh, re entry just sounds like a bunch of fucking door prizes. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is, generally. So, uh, the other two... Uh, into pure romance sales and do, like, those home parties, like, dial a dick, and then he shows up with a bag full of sex toys. Like, <laughs> I have plans for you, Eric Dick. It's just not being the Minnesota United goalkeeper. See, the problem oh. with this is I think you guys are all calling me a dick. You say Eric Dick, and I'm like, man, I'm, I, I haven't even said anything bad yet. <laughs> Uh, listen, it, if uh, if Eric Dick sees more than 90 minutes uh, on the pitch uh, this year, we've had some major, major problems for Minnesota United. So let's put it that way. 
We did we did lose two uh two beloved players. Uh Ozzy Alonso went to Atlanta United, signed a contract with them, and uh Ethan Finley uh like a coach out the door uh to Austin FC as a matter of fact. So um I know Jess, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna step back, I'm gonna mute my mic and I'm gonna let you eulogize yeah. the sexy man that is Ethan Finley. Uh it's I know just that he's sexy. It's not just that he's sexy. That's the gravy, right? Because at the end of the day, I care about wins and I care about losses and I prefer wins over losses. And Finley, he's just, he's just, he was like a foundation to Minnesota United as I know it and have known it since I've been a fan. And he's one of the most, um, open and willing to speak out as a team member historically and i'm getting choked up again i don't understand why we let him go because we have a fucking asshole for a uh general manager like i hope that he's making twice as much money from austin like that would make me very happy for him and his family he has that new baby, and I, I want nothing but what Ethan wants for his future. And if giving Adrian Heath the finger is or two, is I'm behind him. I support him all the way. In fact, if we wanted to give Ethan Finley Heath's job, I wouldn't bat an eye just to keep him here. And he could do shit job, and I would still stand behind him day in day out. Because he is, he just exudes sportsmanship. He's a professional. Even though he is more willing to talk than others, he never um, really speaks outside of the company line too far. But he gives us more than anyone else will. Um, I think he was a real leader of our um, burgeoning team. And I think um, I, I will miss him very much. And I'm probably going to watch a little bit more Austin than I ever would. Definitely pissed off an Austin fan that was sitting behind me as a guest of somebody in my seats for both Austin games. Um, When one of their players went down the second time we played them in 2021, and it was kind of like a bad foul, like they, the girl, I could just feel her eyes on me because she was wearing an Austin shirt and like, because I'd been obnox- my obnoxious self cheering throughout the game and, and hating Austin as I should. And, and I could just feel her eyes on me. And I turned around and I said, don't worry. I see that one was serious and I'm not going to say anything. Because usually, <laughs> usually when I see a flop, I call a flop and I'm very close in my seats to that left side for the first half um so i saw a lot of ethan and i'm just i don't think he's replaceable i think we made a major mistake duh adrian heath what else do we expect like get the fuck out of my team like you're ruining it it's all your fault i hate you i've learned to hate you and all the i have all the evidence and reasons why to hate you now mr heath and i'm sorry but i've been converted Get the fuck off my team. That's impossible. I miss to you, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm going to say is I sent Jessica a, a very late uh, 
Christmas or New Year's or something present from a few years ago when we were in the locker room and got to do inter team interviews. And just as you said, I mean, he was always the the easiest to talk to and the most forthcoming. And um, there's a reason that everybody would gather whenever he had something to say. Uh, that's just the guy he was. But in this particular one, you got to enjoy a, a half naked Finley. So you're welcome. And he was like <laughs> rubbing on himself. Like he I was. will definitely retweet that video. Yeah. When you, in Zeller, when you post this episode on Twitch, I'm going to reply with that clip because uh, it was hot, but also, <laughs> and Loon's, also, closest I've ever been to him naked. Yeah, Loon's locker room 2019 was some shit. I mean, they did not have things worked out to the point where they knew women were going to be down there. I don't think they may, told the players or whatever because it wasn't just Sheila. There were other women down there too, and. Oh, there Sheila, were let's, let's do Yeah, there were, there were, there were loon dongs. There were, there were loon Eric dicks for sure. Loon I, I, Eric dicks. <laughs> I would wager Eric that Bridget, Bridget, Bridget might have some, uh, some thoughts on that oh, too. So I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. Okay. We should get, we should, we should get a, uh, a, a TDIK MN football show. Ladies after dark crossover <laughs> podcast. Oh, oh, you guys just you talk. Go. Yeah. You and you get the, yeah, yeah. You dish on I'm all writing that stuff, this so. down. Okay. Maybe we'll make that a, we'll make that a Patreon episode. Um, so join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the names I know. Uh, all right. And all so, of the ladies will have to have a drink first, just to fair. start. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, uh, unless I mean, they're I'll sober, in which case, maybe smoke something. I no, yeah. that's not sober. Anyway, to be determined. Yeah, I'll pop in and start it and then just leave the room and uh, let you guys uh, go Perfect. go wild. So, uh, all right. Like a great idea. Uh, and then we then we obviously we, we lost Ozzy Alonso, which was a weird. You told me. You told me he was going into like a coaching or mentorship position. And that is not uh, what happened. That yeah, is there what... was no. That was an idea. It was a, that was that was what was implied by right. His it was a signing theory. of his new contract. Eric, what do you tell us? Can you can you tell us a little bit about this? Because um, yeah, I, I'm not sure no more than I'm you do, I, except that that was I, I think there were probably discussions. Like you said, it was a part of the contract. But I mean, his time is very limited at this point. He's already kind of probably playing on some borrowed time. Maybe he has a year, maybe two. Who knows? But, you know, if he must have got a really good offer from Atlanta is the only thing I can imagine. And he got double the salary he's making here and then maybe something else. Like what would really be a slap in the face is he gets a year two year contract, whatever it is with an assistant coaching job attached to that at Atlanta. I mean, that's, that's a, we're going to keep going back to the Eric Dick. That's a kick straight in the dick. Kick the dick. Kick the yeah. Dick. That's that, that sort of harkens back to a uh, thing that we, that we wanted to, I wanted to, to discuss with you, Eric, especially uh, Rodrigo's brought this up a lot of times, both on the Minnesota football show and on an, the 55-1 podcast of just their outreach. Like part of what we were meant to infer from the release, the press release about Ozzy's contract last year was that he would be helping out with like community outreach and doing stuff in the community. And then especially after George Floyd and all the stuff that mm -hmm. happened in, in um, St. Paul uh, after all that, like in, back in 2020 in the, in the summer there, the team, said they were going to do all this community outreach and and yeah as uh as someone who's actively involved in a couple of sgs like 
we saw jack fucking shit from this team yeah, and this team has been atrocious this team has been terrible yep. absolutely terrible about community outreach unless it's two white suburban soccer teams hey guys want to come clean up the park yeah <laughs> so that's much. that that has basically you. been mostly the extent of uh the extent of their outreach has been like oh we're no, gonna clean up I the neighborhood revenue that's what i want uh, so i don't know if uh if you have anything else you want to add about that, Eric, I'm as someone who's been involved trying with the team to get them to be, to like get the team to understand that what they're doing is not cool. And it's like actively mm-hmm. bad. And it's not even just like, they're just being like, you know, <laughs> like just blatantly dumb. There's they're actually I mean, being bad. And it's, and it's really, it's really fucking yeah. frustrating. And, and I, I'm a, I'm a, a white middle-class person living in the midway. Like I can't imagine what this looks like to, you know, any person of color living in midway or the twin cities generally like this team. Do they see actively... it? I don't think anyone sees it, but us. And all we see is a half-assed effort. Yeah. Well, yeah. I see it um, because I, I'm very pissed off that they're not doing it, but like they're, they're not actually doing anything to the community. So the community is just like, Oh yeah, you're okay. You're a soccer team with a bunch of uh, Nazis uh, who run uh, match day stuff. So it's really bad. Uh, you, you already hit the club level pretty good. Um, I, I was always very skeptical. I think when, when the tweets or the or the press releases would come out and just be like I, it was it, you know what's amazing for us Della, we, we go back a decade or more with this team and even when they were at the nsc when they had a fraction of the budget that they have now there was better outreach and they weren't even playing like in the city proper mm-hmm. right they were playing in blaine mm-hmm. but more people i think had an idea of what was happening there. yes they they organized the buses. They they were out better, I think, to the more marginalized communities than they are uh, now. I mean, I, go ahead. I, I will say the dark clouds did a lot of that stuff they on, on behalf on behalf on of own. the team on behalf yeah, of the team. True. That's true for yeah, the dark clouds, but like, but yeah, but the Deathwind was was primarily it was only dark clouds. That was not a uh, team thing. Correct. And Correct. So exactly. there was we, let, we were doing credit to do. And That's we were important. doing the engagement sure. in in the Somali community in, in you know by where the nomad was to like engage yes. with those people and be like, hey, come to the game. Like if mm-hmm. you need a ticket, like someone has a ticket or we'll buy you a ticket. So yeah, so mm-hmm. let's not yeah, let's not give the, the team too much credit for no 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 for that. But totally, they did do totally fair. they did do a better job generally than they have been doing the last five years. So that's what mm-hmm. I was trying to get at. And the other point I would say too is, if you, if you look at who they pick, you you pick Ozzy to be this ambassador which isn't a bad idea, but it's not really a great idea either because you have a white passing Cuban that's now responsible mm-hmm. to go into extremely ethnically diverse communities that, you know, he may be the fish out of water in all these places, the Somali community you mentioned, even the Mexican and Central American community. I mean, again, he's a white passing Cuban. That's, that's a lot of pressure on somebody that may not have any idea what's actually happening there. And frankly, probably doesn't. I mean, we can say that pretty confidently. Uh, let alone, we're not even talking about Hmong, East Asian, and I mean, on and on and on it goes. So it's just like somebody like Ethan Finley, say, that has a Minnesota connection. Maybe he doesn't speak as good as Spanish, but he at least knows a little bit about the state and the, and the community. Um, I don't know. In my opinion, there probably could have been a better choice there as well. But in the end, between the choice of who was supposed to do it and the clusterfuck of organization, 
it was bound to fail. Well, there's nothing worse than being uh, designated a token anything, right? The, mm-hmm. I can name times where I felt like I was in, you know, because I my background is in humanities, English lit, and feminist theory. Well, feminist and gender theory, and and I feel like there's nothing worse than being identified as a as a token spokesperson or with a special role and then not allowed to really act that role out so i i don't know that i don't honestly i can't speak for ozzy alonzo obviously or his his feelings about it but i can say for me personally i try to actively avoid those roles um as a you know female in a male dominated profession, for instance, I don't, uh, I no longer raise my hand for the, you know, like women's whatever, anything, because Mm -hmm. it's too easy to be the scapegoat, right? Like, oh, we have someone, we have a, we're addressing community issues because we've designated so-and-so. And And if so-and-so isn't doing anything, well, I guess, well shit and whereas you know in reality often that person's hands are very tied um i have to say i i'm not gonna miss ozzy as much as i'm gonna miss ethan um we've had our moments i do like it when you know i need someone to be taken out at the knees he's very willing um you know he's aggressive i love that i love him being a a soccer dad a girl dad um but in terms of our stats and clean sheets and wins i don't know that i I necessarily feel like it will be a large gap i always have to separate ozzy the player who has been exceptional and really filled that role that we desperately needed as a uh as a battling number six to, to, to do the dirty work as you were kind of alluding to, but I have to separate that mm-hmm. from Ozzy, the uh, the Cuban with extremely reactionary Cuban exile politics, like mm-hmm. just terrible, terrible politics. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's uh, for, I kind of forgot about that. What what? Yep. Bring me up to speed. I'm not sure I'm familiar at all. Oh, just like like you would basically see it from like Miami Cubans, essentially, like pretty, pretty conservative, pretty reactionary, uh, very much against the Cuban regime, which which is one thing. I mean, whatever. But then also very much in line with uh, just conservatism in general, like uh, really big on. I don't I, He said he said some shit and I can't think of everything off the top of my mm-hmm. head right now, but um, I won't hold you to it. Yeah. Family values, uh, military police, you know, the. the the whole thing, right? It's 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 the it's the script. Great. Yeah, I don't know if you, uh, Eric, if or Jess, if you listen to the Dan Lebatard show. Um, Dan Lebatard is uh, a was a, a writer, a sports writer down in Miami. Had a radio show for a long time. Had a radio show on ESPN actually for a long time. Um, he's gone off on his own and uh, very Cuban. Um, has a lot of Cubans on. Billy Corbin uh, is a guy who comes on to his podcast uh, uh, quite often. He did the cocaine cowboys movies, Eric. I don't know if you ever saw the cocaine cowboy mm-hmm. stuff. 
Uh, he's done a bunch of documentaries about uh, Cuba and Miami and all that. And just basically how fucking corrupt the Cuban, I, the, I actually, the, 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 the Miami mafia or the Cuban mafia yes. in Miami. Yeah. So, so I, I wrote, a, I actually wrote a piece that was published a number of years ago, 2003 or something. Maybe it was, I, I was focusing on a very specific case when I was working for a music organization in Denmark. So it's all, all over the place. I know. Uh, but uh-huh. we were zooming in on this one case that we were actually covering. And I mean, that, that was a, a large part of the article was just basically like Miami essentially runs its own foreign policy, completely separate from the U S government. Like they have, yeah. they have their own government and it's, it's basically just like, I can't say I wish I wanted Cuba. my own government. <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah. but you don't want a fascist, like white. I think, I think in the, in the, in the last exile community. In the last year, the Miami, the, the mayor of Miami called for uh, extrajudicial strikes in Cuba of Cuban government officials, like literally went on it's a absurd. national, went on a national, uh, I think probably Fox. I, I think if I remember, if I remember yeah. correctly, and was basically <laughs> like, it, it was like the U.S. government should strike Cuba right now. And yeah. you're like. Buddy, you are the fucking mayor of Miami. You are not. But, <laughs> but they're like, and, and, it's insane. It's insane. And the frightening thing is, yes, it's insane. <laughs> and the frightening thing is they have so much power. They have so much uh, right. lobbying yeah. power in D.C. that everybody just like, oh, no, we, we got to bow down to the, to the Cubans in Miami. It's man, that's, that's a whole other thing. I don't want to get into it. But what a, what a shit right, show. Let's, so anyway, well, let's, there's, let's there's not. <laughs> let's not. Let's uh. Let's uh let's transition quickly to Combable and uh, specifically Goyas. Eric, tell tell Jess about this little team that could that has little done it again. Goyas is Sporty Club in 1943. That was the uh, now now you can now you're doing the, the Spanish and Portuguese thing. We're in Portuguese now. Not That's what I do. I I, I, <laughs> that, I I'm a privileged white silver spoon. You're everything. fine. Uh, 1943. That, that was when the club was was uh, was founded. Um, I don't want to take too much time, but I've been supporting them since I was no, do, a, do. a little kid. So it's been over three decades, um, and I was very much wooed to bigger clubs like Flamengo that I know Zeller is familiar with. Um, they they I mean they bought me kits, they bought me this and that, but like I, at the time I had no connection to Rio. I had no family in Rio, and I'm just like. It's a really pretty uh, kid, a really pretty shirt and uniform. I mean, I dig it, but, you know, I'm not Carioca. And, I'm re- and then I had a, a great auntie that was cool enough to just be like, don't listen to your uncles. She lived in Goiânia at the time, which is where the team is based. And she's just like, you're Goiano. You should have a Goiás team. I would suggest this one. They're green. Green's a cool color. I'm like, yeah, green is a cool color. <laughs> so that kind of sold it for me when I was a kid. And so I, I, I I shunned the uncles, even though I kept all of their Flamengo gear. <laughs> and, I be- and I became a Goyaz supporter, which for most of the time has been a, a terribly, terribly bumpy, rough ride. Lots of ups and downs, roller coaster of, uh, of being relegated and getting back in and then being relegated and just having terrible seasons and good seasons and terrible seasons. And just, you know, had, had I known back then the, the psychological toll of, of three decades plus. I so, probably would have kept yeah. Flamengo shit. <laughs> so just so just Flamengo is like probably is like one of the best teams in uh Brazil. Like yeah. one, one of the most storied teams in Brazil, right? Pretty, pretty consistent, yeah. Yeah. So how yep, is yep. how did I not know there was another team on the planet with a Flamingo? <laughs> oh well hold on. Oh, that, that's actually 
See, this is why I appreciate you so much. You ask these questions. That's good. Um, it's actually not with an I, flamingo. It's with an E, flamingo. Flamingo. Eh, mango. Mango. And with that, there you go. And what that comes from is the, uh, what do you call them? The Belgians, the Flemish, the Flemish. Oh. That's how you say it in Portuguese, flamingo. So it's actually like some, some Belgian folk founded the club like. Oh, colonialism. Yeah, exactly. 200 some years ago. So the flamingo, flamingo. of those folks. Flamingo. Yep. So not flamingos. Not fl but it, it, it kind of gets tied in and wrapped in because yes, they're very similar. Even though they don't they don't have it on like their their crest or anything like that. But yeah, flamingo. That's where it comes from. So go so ahead. Go ahead. Is, yeah, they're they're back up. They're back up. They are the, back up. The, I, you know, it, it started as it always does, very rough and very stressful and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then somewhere, I don't know, maybe after a quarter of the season started and they were kind of mid table -y. it was clear they weren't going to be relegated, which, which has never happened. They've never dropped down to, to third division. And they came close a few years ago, which really scared me. Um, they, they just kind of turned it on and everything started to click. Great new attacking pieces. Uh, they have a new striker who we really go and I joke about, uh, joke about all the time. His name is Elvis, just like. Jailhouse Rock, Elvis, he's really good, scores a lot, assists a lot, um, solidified their defense. And, and the next thing you know, you fast forward and they're in the top four for promotion. And once they got in there, maybe, I don't know, it must have been like August, they never left. They just, they just kept winning and tying, which is, you know, like any league, that's mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of what you have to do if you're not going to lose. Um, and, it, and it got to the point where, it was kind of a, a, a photo finish at the very end. At this point, um, Botafogo had already won. And that, that's another story there, another legendary team that was dropped, the Serie B. Um, so they're moving back up as well, which is just weird. There's a lot of parody right now in Brasileiro with these legendary teams that are, that are vulnerable. Um, so the winner was done, but then it was like, okay, who's going to fill the next uh, three spots? And, you know, it got down to the, the last match and – Guayas was safe after their second to last. So it was like, sweet, we're not getting relegated. We're getting promoted. We're moving up. But where are we going to land in that final number? We didn't know. And then it all worked out that Guayas tied and Curitiba lost. And I can't remember who was number four right now, but they actually jumped on the last match. They ended up going in second place to move into Serie A, right yeah. behind Botafogo. Yeah. So awesome. feeling pretty good. I mean, we'll split. We'll see what happens. I mean, to that parody piece, that's a good thing to kind of bounce off is because it's interesting. Uh, th this is a new development. I mean, over the past, I don't even know, it, it feels like decades. Uh, you know, the storied teams, the Flamengos, uh, the Cruzeiros, Palmeiras, Botafogo, all these guys, like, they've never left Serie A, right? It, it, it's kind of like your, your Chelsea's, your Liverpool's, mm -hmm. your, uh, you know, Tottenham's. I would say Man City, but Man City was shit for many, many years. So they don't yeah, no, yeah, you can't include Man City. Uh, uh, yeah, Liverpool, Manu, Arsenal, yep. Yep, Tottenham. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. So, so there was never this. There was never this vulnerability with a lot of these clubs. And over the past five years, what's what's kind of started to change uh, is like new youth programs and new youth systems. And then, like in the case of Bragantino, Bragantino was a joke when I was a kid. Like nobody was paying attention to this team. And like five years ago, just like they're doing around the world, Red Bull, right? They're buying up these teams all over the place and throwing hundreds of millions of dollars at them 
getting new players, uh, new equipment, new everything. And all of a sudden, Braga Chino, is, they, you know, they get promoted from like, I think they were in third division to second to now Serie A. And they're not going anywhere. And they're like a legitimate good team with all the Red Bull money, just like all the other Red Bull teams. Uh, they played in the Sulamericana final. Um, Atletico Paranaense is another good example. Again, when I was a kid, nobody talked about I am about very them. impressed they're by up. your linguistic prowess. No. <laughs> um, and, and like the best one, the best example of this is uh, Fortaleza. Fortaleza is another team that like, Goiás and Fortaleza, they battle in Serie Bay, but there was never a threat of like, these guys are going to, you know, get it together and, and go to first division. Not only did they do that, they won Serie Bay a couple of years ago. Um, they've been in now for like two or three years. They finished fourth and are going to Libertadores, Fortaleza. So it's Libertadores. Like, yeah, so it's very strange to see these teams that nobody talked about a decade ago, like legitimately competing. And so that that gives me some kind of uh, uh, faith or like a good, uh, a better feeling that maybe Guayas for the first time in my life, like won't just be like, stay above the line, stay above the line. We just want to finish 16. It's like, no, <laughs> let's do what these other clubs are doing. And like, look Flamengo dead in there and be like, motherfucker, this, this is happening. You're going down in Maracana. I, I, I would love I to think, see that. I think, uh, so, so Guayas going up to uh, Serie A, uh, now we'll, you can watch the games on Paramount Plus. I think we need to get yes. Jess a Goyas jersey uh, oh, so that yeah. he can become a Goyas fan. So there'll be two Goyas green. fans. You are green. That's all I was going to ask. Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to have to make I'm this happen. I'm redhead and it brings yeah. out my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's it's, it's but, wild. A lot of the parody and the, the, the changes there that, that have just recently happened. And I mean, you think about Cruzeiro too, man. Cruzeiro who gave us uh, Ronaldo, like Ronaldo crescent hair back in the day, Ronaldo. Yeah. And uh, he, he started at that club. It's a legendary club, man. They've been stuck now. This will be their third year stuck in Serie A Bay, and they can't get out. So it's just like, it's very, very different. That Nobody's safe, which which makes for really entertaining and good Brasileiro. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jess, I, I would just, I would throw this out there. If you like bone crunching tackles, and uh, red cards that are definitely red cards in MLS are definitely uh, not even a whistle in in uh, in soccer. It's pretty much MMA. Conmebol is yeah, it's, it's it's fucking MMA, but occasionally they kick a soccer ball around. Yeah, and it's fucking it. it's fucking I mean. great. It's Conmebol soccer is is the best. And if you uh, Paramount Plus is actually the way because I think they have I think they have uh, they have Syria Syria ah. Uh, I think they have yeah. um, the Argentinian uh, Super League. I think, yeah. Do they have Libertadores as well? No, Libertadores. I can't remember who's carrying that one. It might be BN. I can't remember. It's like it's like five bucks for mm-hmm. for uh, Paramount Plus, and you get a shit ton of South American soccer. It's fucking great. You know the, the other one too. Well, they have, they, have, they have a bunch of they have a bunch of the of the Concacaf uh, World Cup qualifiers. Yep, but Paramount Plus. The, does, uh, yeah, the free option though too is the uh, the Prende. Prende. Yeah. Yes. That came out on Comprende? who's doing it's, Prende. it's just Prende P R E N D Prende. Yep, yep. Um, I can't remember who put that one Romance out. Romance languages. Yeah, c'est ça, c'est ça, ma chère. To say. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's good. Yeah, they're going to catch that. Yeah, I have, I have the uh, Prende has an app. You can you can like stream from my phone to my yep. TV, and it's fucking great too. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Eric. You have my number now because we were texting for this yep. 
you know, to coordinate. And I yep. just want to say, um, if you ever think of it and you're like, I'm going to watch Prende for this game or like, like, feel free to just, hey, Jeff, you know. there's a game on at this time on this thing and I will watch yeah. it. It's cool. mostly just finding access to be able to watch it because I'm a, I, I cut my cable cord. I mean, that's that's been my life as well, Jess. I'm, I'm right there with you. It, it's access is is difficult. I mean, it was like that for MLS. And in a lot of ways, it still kind of is for many people. That access is key. It really is. Uh, and so that's why I, I, I hate understand. Score North so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of it. Part of it. Um, We've already covered that. Eric, did you see that uh, C- CBS proper is going to be showing six of the 16 uh, uh, co- uh, Europe or not? Sorry. Champions League matches. No, six of the cool. 60 matches are going to be over over the air on CBS, including both Liverpool matches against uh, wow. Inter Milan. So, yeah, oh, that's, p- that's show them on dope. actual like prop- CBS good. proper. It's pretty cool. Yeah, about well, goddamn good. time. That's very good. Um, uh, did you want yeah. to talk to the at all? Yeah, once you so. Is that yes. I mean, I I fucking yeah. love Liberty okay. stories. Why don't you uh, give Jess yeah. uh, and uh, our listenership proper? I, I know there's probably some people. Who we listen to this podcast sure. like oh yeah i fucking watch libertadores um yeah it's 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 oh, an interesting it's, tournament it's so, it's, it's so it's so weird how that tournament is drawn together so uh maybe a very brief history and then how people can can tune in um, oh the history year. i mean it, it's it's gone through so many different uh phases in what metam- metamorphosis or metamorphosis i don't know it's gone through different phases over many years but there's always been a a, a continental tournament of what is now uh, Libertadores, and 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 the way it is now, it, it's very much modeled after the Champions League, and it's kind of set up in that manner where each country usually takes their top four, three, I think sometimes two, depending on the league, but which is again similar to Champions League, um, and just just by 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 league talent level and player talent level, ninety to ninety five percent of the time, the final is usually either. Brazilian team, Argentine team, two Argentine teams, two Brazilian teams. Uh, this year was two Brazilian teams. It was uh, Palmeiras and uh, who did they play? The Flamengo. I'd let you go. I can't even remember now. It wasn't that long. I think it was Flamengo and Palmeiras. Uh, Palmeiras won, so they're they're your Libertadores champions. And and again, much like Champions League, the winner of these continental tournaments will then meet at the World Club Cup which is usually played in uh, whatever, whatever country is hosting the World Cup. So in this case, I'm assuming it'd be Qatar, unfortunately. It, it's it's kind of like a warm-up. I know, it's, it's sad. It's, it's terrible. Um, and, and yeah, again, I think, hey, come, oil money, just come on yeah, down. Exactly, I guess exactly. it normally happens at the, end of the, at the end of the year. I think this year it's happening in um, February, actually. Okay. So they had to postpone yep. it a little bit. So Right, right, right. Um, but there again generally 95% of the time it's the Colmebol ambassador Palmeiras in this case versus usually the UEFA ambassador uh who won champion I can't remember who won Champions League was it, it wasn't Liverpool was it who won this last round Chelsea Chelsea thank you thank you so the probability of those two meeting it's not a hundred percent but if, if you want to make some easy money it's probably going to end up that way um, I am a gambling fool yep yep and they're fun. It, it goes very fast because they start with, you know, Asian Confederation, African Confederation. And then like a week later, it's at the final already. And it's over. It goes really fast. 
And this is so, the Libertadores. This is, that, that's called that's called the Club uh, World. Help me out, Dollar. World Club, Club, Club World Cup. Cup. Club, Club World Cup. Cup. There you go. So, but so the Libertadores Copa, is the entry point for yeah, the yeah. Copa uh, Libertadores is America. the is essentially the um, it's ana- analogous to the Concacaf Champions League, the UEFA yeah. Champions League. That's right. Um, it's a it's a continental tournament of the best club teams in the country. Um, and and there was some more, more in this one. Yeah, this this year too. Um, we it, you know it ended up the full Brazil final, which again wasn't terribly surprising. But the the Cinderella story was the uh, different this Barcelona. Is Cinderella story. Yes, not not Barcelona, Barcelona from from uh, Catalonia, but Barcelona from Ecuador, and they went all the way to the semifinal. And I mean, there there was a little bit of a I can't remember the first leg. I think they kept it together, and then the second leg they just got annihilated, so they were out. But it was cool to see a, a smaller team not as uh, popular now with the fan base of like the Flamingos and the Palmeiras, like go that far. So little, little, uh, you know, unpredictable things like that can still happen. Yeah. So question for you, Eric, Mm -hmm. on a related topic, unusually. uh, Okay. So it seems like everywhere else in the world, you know, people who call soccer football, uh, because it's played with your feet and a ball as opposed to your hands and an egg. Imagine um, that logic. <laughs> like, oh, no. And yes. Anyway, um, as if we couldn't get it wronger. Anyway, we don't have, like, the MLS, we don't have relegation, we don't have anything, right? And, like, relegation is half the fun of being a Premier League or Champions League. It was Premier League when I was following it. Yeah. Fan. Is like, yeah, yeah, you get your throat I mean, slit it's, it's, if you don't it's make the cut. It's made me lose all of my hair Eric, over the years, but yeah. I, I, I'll just, <laughs> Jess, I'll always stop you. Eric, is relegation fun? Uh, it's uh, complicated. <laughs> but it is a whole level of complication that we it have is. in I, the I, MLS. I think, I, I, think, I think in the end, it is beneficial. Absolutely. It, it, it gives a level, it gives an incentive that, uh, that, you just don't have it in, in, in a place like the MLS. Um, so, yes, having said that, that, Zeller's smiling because he knows that, yes, it's, it's, it's made me lose my hair. Part of why I've lost my <laughs> I'm, hair. I know I'm, I'm smiling because, like, uh, I'm, I'm smiling because I, I think I'm turning Jessica into a pro-rel monster. And I'm very, very excited for this because yeah. I want Jessica to be the uh, attractive Ted Westervelt of uh, American yeah. football. Um, it's 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 really sad that you know you go back 25 years and there were so many I think mostly they were NFL execs maybe some NBA execs too that were trying to put together this whatever this monstrosity was that was going to become the MLS but they were looking at it through a very U.S. centric lens without just taking a little bit of time to look around at the rest of the world complete well not just capitalist these other leagues are extremely capitalist that that, that's universal unfortunately oriented Completely. But, but in, in my opinion, I think it was more so we want something that will be consumable and easily understood by the U.S. general public. Basically, they were they were looking down, I think, at a lot mm-hmm. of U.S. citizens and a lot of U.S. people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now maybe the acumen and the, the intelligence is at a different level. But I think even back then, 25 years ago, if you would have set up a pro- promotion relegation thing, people would have been like, well, this is a little strange. But oh, right. 
the rest of the world does this, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. We'll understand it. No, 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 no. We're going to not do it. Da, 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 da. And, you know, I know you can say, Dave, yes, that Ligia Miyakis, they don't really do it as well. They have a different system too. But nonetheless, it wouldn't have been that hard, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and they basically took the easy way out, mm -hmm. thinking that this is yeah. going to be, this is going to be what's going to make us the money and people will understand it. And then they, and then they did the whole, uh, remember the run up penalty shoot thing, <laughs> like the hockey penalty. Oh, they, they, they know they should definitely bring that back by the buddy, by the way. I remember uh, that. I, I Leah Emeki's uh, was doing it the proper way. And then they saw how much the valuation of franchises in MOS yeah. uh, costs, like literally it costs more money to buy an MLS franchise right now than it costs to buy Newcastle United by a factor of like two. That's um, amazing. That's which that's is crazy. one of the oldest clubs in which the is world. How one of the McConaughey most gets a team like fuck Matthew yeah, McConaughey. One of yeah. one of the most like storied clubs in England. Yeah. Uh, it, it costs more money to buy fucking Charlotte FC, the clit, if you will, and oh, yeah. uh, and. Versus, I'm pro clit. I'm not pro Charlotte. <laughs> um, well did you I'll see? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's move on. Um, because I want I want to before Jess if, like loses her mind. Right. And I and I and we we need to address the one topic that we have not addressed yet, and that is uh clearing out for Eric Silverbrenneman mm. to uh give us all of his Heath outtakes. Um, I know he doesn't get oh, a chance to do this as much on the uh. I'm I'm happy to jump in. Just I'm sure is happy yeah. to jump in whenever, whenever. But I'm gonna try not to. It's we, very we, hard. Whenever we feel low, we'll jump in, Eric. But like I, I know will. you have some thoughts on on yeah. uh, Adrian Heath and our oh. our intrepid uh, uh, leader of men, if you will. So should I count you in, means. and then I'm gonna put mute. I'm trying. I'm trying to think Three, of how to frame this. Where to start? Two. Mm -hmm. One. Okay. Uh, well, where to begin? Where to begin? I think, Dave, you, you've done a very good job about this, and I appreciate you for always talking about the really, really corrupt relationship between Adrian Heath and Bill McGuire. And I think we really need to spend some time talking about this because I think it's really easy for majority, let's be real, they're white, mostly whitey, Minnesota fans that very much like this team and maybe like the coach or whatever. And, and they, it's really easy. I think for people to talk shit about Cornwall teams and other UEFA teams and African teams and, and then, and just pick apart all the corruption that are in all these teams and all these leagues. When you're looking at a club, let's be really clear. This is Minnesota United where the manager is the tenant of the owner of the club and has been now for five years. You have been very consistent, David, in talking about this, and I really appreciate you. Thank and, you. And I, think, and I think it needs to come out more now that we're going in, getting into fucking year six. This is not a normal thing, people that are listening to this right now. If you're going to talk about the corrupt club in Rio or the corrupt, corrupt club in Santiago or the corrupt club in Cape Town or Beijing or whatever it is, this is the shit that happens in those clubs and in those leagues. It's happening in the state of Minnesota. Okay. This is very important. And it, and it, it just blows my mind that it's not a, 
common knowledge or that people are sweeping it under the rug or whatever it is. And so if this is one of the reasons why this person is still around and, and, and we can't recognize this corruption that's literally right in our faces, I, I, I don't even know where to start from there. I mean, it's, it's amazing and on, on one hand, I guess, that it's just so, what do they say that, that, that the, uh, I'm, I'm blowing the idiom, but the thing about where it's, it's right in front of your face, but you can't see it. Something yeah. like that, right? I'm not. I'm not even sure you can't if it's corrupt for the trees. Yeah, I'm not even sure if it's corruption so much as it's that. Uh, well, we don't know that it's not corruption because it's, it's not on the well, up and up. I mean, listen, the 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 man who uh, is in charge of this team has definitely not ever done any corrupting things before. Wink, yeah. wink. Um, it's it's also that that when, so I found this out not too long ago that like Adrian Heath when he was hired by Minnesota um, because Minnesota had an opportunity to hire Gio Savarisi. Yes. Guy who's won, yes. won an MLS cup uh, was Ooh. just an MLS cup final. The, the Portland coach. Yep. Sexy, sexy ass Portland man. Sexy? Yeah. It came down to those two. Yeah. They had an opportunity to hire him. The, the money that they had would have had to have paid the New York cosmos was like minuscule. It wasn't, it, it wasn't like, millions and millions of dollars to get him out of his contract um but also that i think savarisi wanted more money i think that was probably the bigger thing is it wasn't even the who doesn't the, the fee it was basically like adrian heath was willing to work for you know more or less pennies on the dollar for for an mls manager and um he just has the right accent and he's a cheap enough prick I don't even know. Yeah, he's he's a cheap enough prick. That's that's for goddamn sure. I'm not even sure it's anything about the accent even. Um, oh, I thought in my gullible sweet summer child days when I was Heath neutral. I thought Heath neutral. I I was naive and I felt like oh, he's got the right. He's coming from you know what, what was to me all I'd been exposed to, which was the Premier League. And ha so, I, you know, I can say for myself anyway, rather not anybody else was as naive as I was, but the accent sold me halfway. <laughs> I think yeah, it's also um, part, part, partly too is that like, um, that uh, I think we all, we all forget, and I forget this as well, is that Bill McGuire is a fucking cheap ass. That dude yeah. does not want to spend money. I mean, he's he he basically kept Carl he Craig. He is the patriarchy. Uh, he had to, uh, yes, yeah, very very much. Um, and he basically get out of like, the way, old white dudes. Tried to make Carl Craig like coach, uh, youth teams, even though his contract said that he was going to be a first team coach. So like, while yep. Carl Craig was not, he was like that spent that like basically that two years basically not coaching. Bill McGuire was like, no, you can come and you can like you can manage like, you know, or like do like youth uh, uh, soccer uh, clinics and shit. And Carl's like, no, you hired me to be your head coach. Right. I'm not going to I'm not. This is not in my in my contract. Like you just you have to just give me fucking money uh, or, you know, give me money, enough money to make me go away. Like and so Bill McGuire is a cheap ass. I think we, we always forget that. I, I always forget well, that. Point, oh. Pointing out too, I'm, I'm on this corruption kick too. That I mean, the, he was sued too. Like what, whatever yeah. that whole mess was with his company. Uh, I mean, he's still a millionaire and he's still a very wealthy white man. But 
there there's some grime in there as well, whether it was from his medical thing or whatever. I don't have the details, but there was a lawsuit. He paid a he paid a fine or whatever it was. So I mean, there's grime. There's grime. You don't have to dig very far for this grime. Paid an extensive amount of money. Uh, yes, to, exactly. To make that go away to the federal um, government. So that's anyways, right. yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I could I could talk shit about Heath. I mean, he's just he's a terrible manager. I, I don't know how he is as a, as a human being, but it just well, I think what I want to say too is he's a terrible the, human uh, being, by the way. Also, okay, like, I'll, I'll throw that out there. He's a terrible human being as well. Um, I, the the front office though too. There's there's a lot to say about the what's happened over this five year transition period, and you know I, I kind of go back to what I was talking about with the parody and, and what's kind of changed in in Brazil right now where there where there's this uh this expectation and this hunger for excellence in these teams that were jokes 10 years ago or whatever where now it's just like yo we're getting promoted we don't want to stay above the line we want to go to Libertadores that's the goal and it seems like at some point when that transition between uh Nessie and and getting into MLS that as much as there was the so-called three-year plan and all that thing as well, that a lot of these business people and these capitalists got it in their head that we can do bare minimum stuff. There's no promotion relegation as to, to Jess's point earlier, and it'll all be fine because this fan base is going to be content, right? Just being here, just being in league. And I mean, we had our little tongue in cheek thing too, where we were like, we're just happy to be here, but that was very much between us as supporters what concerns me is that you know a rich business owner or investor hears that and they're like hey they're just happy to be here so we'll like you said we'll cut all the costs we'll do bare minimum things whatever the goal is not going to be relegated maybe we get to the playoffs maybe we don't doesn't really matter we're still going to get paid and what we've gone to the playoffs three of five years is that correct two or three right three years yep yeah three of five which which in itself doesn't sound bad. But then the question is, what's your goal? Is, is your goal just to get to the playoffs and crash out? Or are you serious about winning a fucking trophy and actually doing you know, the excellence part that I was referring to before? If it's always going to be bare minimum, just getting by kind of stuff, we're going to be in this, uh, what do you call it? The uh, hamster wheel. It's not going to end. We're just going to keep going around and around in circles. And at this point, like what happens? American. It, yeah, what happens in like a, a cold midball team, right? After this long of a period of going around in circles, you have a limpeza, right? It's over. Your coach is gone. Your owners are gone. Mm-hmm. All your front office is gone. Like it is a limpeza. It's like some like Mister Clean goes in there, disinfects everything, and kicks everybody out, and you start from scratch. And I'm, I'm to the point where I think that's what that's what needs to happen. Yeah, it's not just getting rid of heat. It's getting rid of everyone. If you're if you're a yeah. you know minimum wage employee, barely getting by, you're cool. That's fine. You're running the stands. That's not a problem. But everybody else, fora, gotta go. Well, and that's how I feel about cleaning house with some of the um, sex abuse scandal stuff, um, like Portland, the. Uh, the thorns and how Portland, you know, a lot, I've heard around me, a lot of people asking, I attended the Portland playoff game um, in November. And (laughs) oh yeah, you listen. (laughs) And that's so weird. Um, But I appreciate it. It's fun. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. (laughs) 
No, I'm a fan. Um, uh, but it's like a lot of the Dark Clouds folk that came out to the game in the supporters section with me were like, why is that red smoke going off? I'm like, have you not been listening? Like every game they play in the stadium, they at a, I think it's the 24th minute, they do the red smoke so that folks remember and realize and, and recognize what is going on with, with the alleged abuse. And right. it, I was like, why are you people asking this? You should not be asking this. You should know this. Like okay. as Minnesotans that care about other people. <laughs> like, I yeah, it's it, a connection should... thing, whether, whether people are tied in as much as we are too. But nonetheless, I, I think you're, I think you're onto something though. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a low bar. You should know. You should clean um, house. Like no yeah, tolerance. I mean, Get the fuck out of here. I don't care how much money you make or how white or how old or how male you are. With, with Adrian Heath's first year here, there was this complete joke. And then even giving him a second year, which was arguably even worse, there is no, there is no way in any second division Columbia League that I can even think of. What I'm not even going to go first division. Second division, that a person like that keeps the job. They'd be lucky to survive the first year. I mean, you think about all the coaches that my team, the Goyaz, goes through. Like it, That's another end of the spectrum. But, I mean, in Heath's tenure of, of five years of Adrian Heath, I think we've gone through eight coaches, which is not good either. But it's also like there's a level of if you can't get it together in X months or X year, we're not giving you those house keys, which is actually a real thing that they do in Brazil. It's like you, you get this contract, you get your salary or whatever. You, maybe you get a nice car, you get a nice apartment or whatever. But it's just like we're not giving you those actual keys until six months in and we see the stability and where this team is at. Because if it's crap, you're gone. We're not going to spend that money giving you this, the beachfront apartment. It's not going to happen. And so where's the incentive from the front office? You, you know have what I'm saying? To where, where's that, the incentive from the front office is what I'm saying. It's like if, if it, it back to the whole hamster thing. But here we are, man. It's your six seller. Six man. After after two years, instead of uh uh, giving him less authority, they gave him more authority by giving him, him uh, roster building authority. So, uh, yeah, like, buddy, it's just this whole mess. It's just it, there's an entanglement thing. I mean, I know I'm looking for something that may not be there. I'll save it for MJ. You can do the conspiracy theory thing, but I mean, it just there's there's something there that is something's rotten in the state of Minnesota. You know, it, it's right. very yes. much very much not right happening in that organization. So, so here's the, here's the thing is that, um, it, so I know I've met Bill McGuire, Bill McGuire fucking hates losing. He fucking hates losing. He really does. He truly, I believe that about the man. He hates he losing. He loves settling out of court for 400 something million dollars. I mean, Hello. yes, he does do that. He hates losing. Um, I, I the know SEC that can't even hold Bill McGuire down. Fuck no. that. I know. I know for a fact that. Um, Come at me, Bill. Come at they, me. So yeah, just ruined our chance of getting the new uh, CEO on board for the, uh, okay, for the podcast. Um, no, it's oh, it's a woman. It's Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. Um, I I do know Sherry. that Chris Wright fucking just basically like he got this job and then bailed. Like the dude, 
the dude has like the best tan you've ever seen. And you're like, the only way you get that tan is if you're, if you're not in Minnesota every goddamn weekend, like you are, right. you, you, you are in Florida or Hawaii and you fly back to Minnesota for like on Friday, go to the game on Saturday and then fly back yeah. to Hawaii or Florida or wherever the fuck you're playing golf. Um, that dude has been checked out for the last four years, basically. Uh, and so these are like and I know like for all of Adrian Heath's uh, issues and he has a lot of issues that I know that dude does not like losing either and wants to win he's just uh, he's just a fucktard none of this squares none of it squares for me and I just I can't understand why everybody else can see it but for Bill McGuire, like what does Adrian Heath have? Because, because I, I think there's a lot. You, there are a lot of sweet summer children out there, just like I was in, before I became a Dave, that are just like, eh, yeah, not the right I mean, listen, I was, I was on, I was on the, I, I was on the Heath out train. I was, I've been, I've been conducting that fucking train since 2017. Um, bef- like literally before that motherfucker was hired. So 2016, probably, actually. I was like, do not hire this guy. Hire Gio Savarisi. Do not hire Adrian Heath. Hire Gio Savarisi. Sure. And so I've been I've been driving that tra- fucking train for a long time. I and I understood that Ooh. I was gonna be I was gonna be ostracized. Uh I was gonna I was gonna be yelled at and 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 tried to cajole into being a Heath in person. I always I always stood firm. And I to my credit, I've actually when Heath has done good things. I've given him credit for like, Hey, you did a good thing. As have we, as have we on our program. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Good for you. Like you did a good thing. You, you do so much bad shit that like, I'm, I'm going to give you credit for doing like the the one fucking good thing. I am. I am. That is, that is, yes. Put that on my fucking tombstone. The Cassandra of our times. Uh, Here lies David (laughs) Zeller died after a heart attack in 2022. When Adrian Heath decided to not make any subs when he was losing ten to nothing. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was going to get oh. to. You, you beat me to it. It's just the, the predictability, my death, tactical Sorry, breakdown, and a lot of subs for just every every single uh, yeah, every single thing. It's, it's so consistent. It's like you know, like the sixty fifth, seventieth minute, every match. It's like, oh, we're breaking down, and nothing's going to happen. <sighs> um. All right, let's do some questions. Yeah, we have we have some we have some we have some actually some Eric specific questions as well. So, uh, first question is not Eric specific. Are you drinking some of your wine? I, I was, I was. The the first one was one of my plum wines, a um, alderman, I believe, or the plums. This is not. This is a um, Toscano from Italia, from Tuscany. Okay, Jess. Uh, Eric makes his own wine, by the way. We lost for a, for a bit. I think we, hmm. yeah, I think we lost Jess. Okay, okay, there she is. Jess, you're back. No, I'm here. I just turned off my video. I turned off my video for a minute because I was getting really weird audio. I was like, hmm. <laughs> interesting. All right. Well, uh, Eric, okay. Eric makes his, <laughs> Eric makes That's his own wine. Open. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll see if I can try to remember to find it. Yeah, there you go. Vino! 
I am in a period of my life where I would be willing to taste your wine. <laughs> um, that period we may have to end <laughs> at some point. Uh -huh. <laughs> right. So let's jump into some questions. Uh, first question, Rodrigo. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. So, what? wait. So we have hop clouds and we have a wine brewer equivalent. Um, Vintner. Vintner, yeah. Vintner. Vintner. I love that word already. It feels very <laughs> Gatsby. C'est moi. Et c'est la même en français, ma chère. Je suis le Vintner. <laughs> All right. Uh... <laughs> Rodrigo asks uh, of the of the Minnesota football show, "What Spider-Man from the multiverse is the best spider?" So I'm not sure if Jessa, are you are you familiar with Spider-Man? No, you tried to um, uh, solicit questions from our Twitterverse. Um, I did and he said that I'm a aficionado, which I am not. Uh, but I, I appreciate which I'm no longer on because shout out. I made a deal with my therapist, so I got off Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually gonna try to tag you in the in the tweet. I was like, oh, I guess I have to take the Minnesota football show. I can't take Eric because like it's like take, typing in your your handle. I was like, oh, Silva's culture. And I was like, why is it not showing up? Out of here. So, um, anyways, uh, so what's the best? Uh, what's the best Spider Man? My answer. Eric, yeah, go. I mean, just, yeah. just, do you have an answer on the best Spider-Man? I don't give a fuck the, about Spider-Man from the multiverse. It's, it's go Miles, ahead, Eric. Miles Morales. Zero Miles Morales. Okay, okay. Um, I, I think Rodrigo asked this answer, asked this question because my son has gotten really into Spider-Man in the last like three weeks. Yeah, he he does that. He 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 will like literally like put his hands out and like go. Pew, 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 pew. Like as he's shooting spider webs at people, it's very fucking cute. And I love you know, it. I say um, that, and now I'm thinking about Spider Gwen though too. She's pretty cool. And, I know, was I gonna, so so. Here's the thing. Um, Spider Gwen was my answer, which is uh, mm -hmm. voiced by Haley Seinfeld, who is in the mm -hmm. new uh, Hawkeye uh, yep. show, which and she's fucking yep. great in that as well. We, we're um, watching her in Dickinson as Emily Dickinson. She's okay. I've not I've not watched that one yet. I I kind of wanted I kind of want to. Uh, Spider Man Noir um, is also is voiced by Nick Cage. Also, kind oh, of yeah. fucking, fucking great. I think yep. if we're doing in the in the um, this is a spoiler alert, I guess, for the new Spider-Man movie that's out. Uh, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield both show up in the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, we knew that they teased that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, Toby Maguire is the worst. <laughs> just shut the fuck up, Eric. Have you seen the new <laughs> Spider-Man movie? I have in not. General, no, not yet. Okay. In Spider-Man, I'm just saying in general, Tobey Maguire has zero respect for me. I just don't get it. Okay, shut the fuck up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh. Did, have you, Eric? Did you did you see the Andrew Garfield Spider Amazing Spider-Man movies at all? Yeah, that was the one with uh, Electro, right? Yep. Uh, with uh, uh, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Um. I think Andrew Garfield is probably the best Spider-Man in really? in the M, in the MCU slash Sony Spider-Man multiverse. That is a hot uh, take, David Zeller. Yes, 
and and is that watch a con- the controversial opinion. It is. I yes, think I think it, I think it yeah. is. He, I think he fucking stole the movie for me, and I think I need to go back and watch. Uh, I think he got short shrift in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Wow. Now I kind of want them to make an Amazing Spider-Man three with Andrew Garfield. Um, that's how passionately i feel about this question wow so, okay yeah I, I will, fucking I will watch it hot I'm, takes now buddy now I'm curious. so if you okay. when, whenever whenever you can watch it at home hopefully it's you know you vod soon or something it's mm-hmm. the new it's spider-man movie fu- amongst us the spider the new spider-man movie is fucking great it's probably like i've heard, I've heard I think, good things yeah i think it's I, for me it's it probably goes into the spider-verse spider-man 2 and then this movie in terms of like okay. Spider-Man movies, so okay, FYI. Cool. Uh, all right, uh, Eric Grady asks uh, if I was going to learn an instrument as like a New Year's resolution. Is there anything as an old man with little musical skill and kids that I can realistically learn, or should I not try? This is oh, I think directly directed to you, Eric. Absolutely. I told him. I told him. I told him to nut up. This is a stupid question. You should learn the violin, <laughs> but. You know that's an option. But nobody asked Zeller. As, no. as the music teacher, I, I would say it really doesn't matter as long as you try and, and pick something. I mean, um, oh, gross! Do you teach grade school music? That's I a don't. gross answer. No, no, no. I, I uh, do private <laughs> lessons. I, I, I go through a. It's like an after-school program situation. Um, boy, it, <laughs> yes. You could tell the, the, someone under. Tw- say that again. I said what that would that? be a good answer for someone under twelve. Like as long as you try, pick up anything. No, but for I, Zeller I, I think or for E grade think, A. No, for anyone, for anyone. Because I'll tell you, I, I have, uh, I have a pretty because of the way my schedule is is lined up. I have a good amount of adult students. It's, it's a pretty good balance between. I have a few little kids. I have a lot of high schoolers, and then I have a, a good number of adults. And you'd be surprised how many people somewhere around our collective ages are starting for the first time or they're getting back into something that they sat down like 20 years ago i actually have a new cello student that hasn't played since he was in his teens yeah and you know it's it's still there it's very rusty but you know Mm -hmm. we're working with what he's got going way back and kind of building from there so Mm -hmm. simple answer is yes absolutely try it um i don't know if you read violin straight off but uh i I mean i think the easy Easiest accessible is probably either guitar or piano. Fit. But um, you know, if you want to play violin, go go for it. Go for violin or sing. Absolutely, take voice lessons. Jess, what would you recommend? I was a choir kid. Well, I'm glad you asked because I do have an opinion, as usual. And I would say, start with the recorder because if you're char of a certain age currently, as he mentioned, he had children. Your children are probably going to be asked if your school district still spends any budget money at all on any of the arts, including music. They will likely task your children or child with a recorder at some point, and you could follow along with that curriculum. It's fairly simple. It's a very cheap instrument and um, super obnoxious. So hopefully you get that out of your system quickly. We've, we've got two in the house, so I understand what you're saying, yeah. And they play them well, though. I don't, worry. I don't have to worry about that. They're, they play them well. It takes skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
my kid is super into uh, the xylophone right now, so I'm worried. Awesome. I, I'm worried. I have a percussionist in my house. Um, which, yeah, uh, so I'm very, very yeah. worried about. Let me uh, get this on your mic. uh all right so i i told eric that that was a stupid question and made him ask another question so here was his alternate question um so specifically to you eric uh do you like any other sports besides soccer i think he's mentioned mma martial arts stuff before like how did he get into that and do any of those skills transfer to football uh i mean Yes, absolutely. Um, no, I, I started in martial arts when I was. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm writing something again through through therapy, and uh, I had to go back to all these memories. I think I was 11, 11 or twelve, and and I bounced around a lot. Um, taekwondo, capoeira, eventually into Muay Thai, and and kind of ironically, I, I didn't get to uh, grappling and jujitsu things until I was late in my in my thirties. Um, you think, oh, you're Brazilian, Brazilian jujitsu, but the thing about it was. Uh, BJJ was very big on the coast of Brazil, Rio and Sao Paulo, specifically Rio. It was very much a Rio thing. That's where the Gracias were from. And that didn't come to the interior of the state where my family is at until much later. So by the time the first UFC had already happened in 1990, whenever that was, and then it exploded worldwide. Whenever Joe Rogan was in his 30s. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah remember those days when, when he wasn't like platforming fascists every other day oh good times or fear factor that's good times um, he bangs anyway, every like, fucking female contestant on fear factor i know it yeah it's so gross exactly like, I, I didn't so so I, post news radio before banging ladies on fear factor <laughs> joe rogan oh god remember uh, news radio anyway, that was a great that was a great fucking show was, i fucking love news radio it was a great show but well, I, my point is i I didn't, I didn't have the access to it, even though I would have been in Brazil because I was not on the coast, right? Mm-hmm. And by the time it was already moving worldwide, that's when it finally came to Goiás. And by, and by that point, I was whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do they transfer? Absolutely, they do. I mean, look at, I think Zlatan is the best example of it, right? Zlatan is a black boat, and I, I want to say Taekwondo. He likes to kick people in the balls all karate. the time. He does, but, but like you watch all the flexibility with the high kicks and the acrobatic stuff that he does, and I kind of bring that stuff in as well when I try. I mean, it's, it's been a minute, but uh, yeah, it definitely applies. And I, I, it's been a couple, you know, we, we had a situation in the, in the home with the, all, the, all the pandemic stuff, and so I had to pull back a little bit on my training. I was going pretty hard over the summer. Which gym um, you at? I go to MKG over in Chicago and 40, okay. whatever that is, second or third. Um, so it's been a couple months since I've, since I've trained now. Uh, hopefully you can get back if anything ever calms down. But uh, yeah, I'd like to get back at it. But yeah, it, yeah, it definitely transfers. It, I, I think the flexibility, the timing, especially when you're doing like boxing or Muay Thai drills or, I mean, Zella, you're a grappler as well. So it's a little bit difficult with, with I think, wrestling and, and, and grappling, but if there's still so much hand-eye coordination that I know you can mm-hmm. understand and relate to, and I think that part of it definitely transfers to football as well. So yeah, I think I think there is a, a play there. Uh, yeah. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. my best girlfriend. So I went to Augsburg for my undergrad, or to finish my undergrad after I left that flamingo sorority in Florida. Um. 
and Augsburg obviously has a huge wrestling program. So a lot of the wrestlers get into the MMA scene. And so my best girlfriend, Johanna, shout out, Johanna. I love you. Um, they just moved to Geneva wow. on me. Like, fuck, Texas wasn't far enough away, Bill. Thank you. Um, anyway, so she married Bill, who was in the Augsburg wrestling program and on the MMA scene when they were stateside. And yeah. I fucking love a good fight. Now, yeah. like I get I get very passionate and aggressive and I did do my stint. I'm a quitter historically speaking. Like if I'm good at something to begin with, I stick with it until I hit a plateau and then I'm like, "Oh, fuck that." Um so that my plateau in kickboxing happened in 8th grade. Um and then I moved back to dance. But I love a fucking fight. <laughs> and I haven't been in forever. And I'm equally obnoxious and loud, if not more obnoxious and loud at an MMA fight than I am at a Minnesota United game. So anybody mm. who needs a cheerleader, you, like free service, just invite me to your fucking match and I will wow you. That's dope. You know? No, you know, my, my days of dreaming that I was, that I'll actually ever be a fighter, I think are long past, but I do it's train with some of it. Yeah, I do. I was gonna say I, I train with people that are active, so it, it's kind of fun to pretend, as it were, that <laughs> yeah, sure, er, Eric could go Listen, in the cage and do the thing, I'm yeah, tangentially, one one or two degrees away. <laughs> I'm a fossil in stripper years, and yet here oh, we are. Said. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. Uh, so, listeners, I'm looking at the poll. That's an amazing poll. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. So uh, from 2004 to 2000, and... yes, <laughs> 2009. I I was I uh, I was a high school wrestling coach, and um, okay. I, I had a buddy of mine who uh, this. So this is like early early days of MMA. Mm -hmm. Other buddy of mine who came in, um, a, a guy I worked with at UPS. Uh, who was just this like he was the weirdest fucking dude and he i we were really good friends it's fucking weird as shit but he's like i, I hey i just want i just want to roll around i'm like okay i'm like and i was like you can come in like after practice like i'll i'll stick around we can we can hang out in the wrestling room we can roll around and stuff I was like but if you fucking punch me I'm going to, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Like, but we you know, like he wanted to, he wanted to do, he wanted to like do like the grappling, you know, the, you know, on the, on the mat sort of stuff and kind of like get, get a better feel for it. He was a, he was a boxer. So he didn't have that, but he was doing MMA shit. And I was like, you fucking, if you, if you hit me at all, I'm going to beat the shit out of you and I will, I will, I will break you um, yeah. as, and so, yeah, so he would come in like once a week and then eventually I was like, all right, I trusted him enough. Joe's like, all right, well, you, how about like, I'm a smaller dude. Like you want to roll around with some of our bigger guys just to get a feel for it. And I would, I would add, these are all like, you know, guys who are juniors and seniors, like just ask like, Hey, if you want to do it? You can, if you, you don't have to do it, if you don't want to, whatever. Um, but then he start, yeah, start rolling around with some of the bigger guys. And one time um, he, I was just, I was, so I, I always stayed in the room. Cause I was like, I don't want, I'm not going to like, let you in, like leave you in this room with, uh, fucking 17 year old kid like <laughs> rolling around or whatever and uh one time this kid 
this kid was yeah. beating the shit out of him, just like and just taking it to him. And I literally saw him like fucking cock his cock to like to like strike, right? Like not like not like you know, like but just as he naturally would. And I fucking just pounced on the dude. And uh it was I was like, I the saw my like my 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 life flash before my eyes, like, oh yeah, I might have gone to jail if I had like let this dude fucking strike a kid in the yeah. fucking face, a 17-year-old yeah. kid who was just like just doing you know what he would do naturally. So yeah. uh do you, yeah. any other sports other than MMA and soccer or you're uh um, we'll see. those are the two big ones. I mean, back back in the day, you know, I, I grew up in the state of Nebraska, so I was a corn husking Nebraska football head for a good number of years. Yep. But I haven't, you know, once I kind of started to get, learn more about how the sausage was made with, with any of these sports or leagues, like NCAA in particular was just gross. And at at some point I let that one go. So I I haven't really paid attention to college or NFL in probably, I don't know, 15 years at this point. It's been a long time. All right. Well, uh, Eric has a third question. I don't know why we let him do three questions. Uh, Eric to Eric. Yeah. Okay. I live like two minutes from Paisley. I like Prince, but I'm not like a super fan. Is it worth it? Oh, and yes, I will yes, say 100 yes, percent yes, yes, Eric, yes, as the as the actual yes. musician here. I I'm a I'm a fucking Prince super fan. Jess is a also a Prince super fan. Uh, she will allow like talk tell you about like her favorite deep cuts off of uh, um, Welcome I to America. Do, I do love to do Prince karaoke at the Blackheart, which Zeller has witnessed. Um, you don't have to be beautiful. Yeah, oh, I know you all want it. My, my guitar is like right there. <laughs> it's almost in grabbing distance. All right, um, I, I, Eric, I figured you would be you. I figured you would be a fan of Prince. Uh, tell uh, tell uh, Grady why why he should become a fan of Prince. Well, I was going to ask you before I do that. Have either of you been there to Paisley? I have several times. Okay, so you know this then, but for for one thing, you're gonna you're gonna. I went see... I went to a, a pajama party there. Where oh, you had to wear you pajamas. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I never got a chance. I, I've heard many stories. Yes, um, you, you'll just get to see where where a lot of the uh, the art happened, and 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 the cool thing about it too is if you get the right tour guide, um, you kind of have to transport yourself back decades, and the amount of advanced technology that was in that building in the nineties, even in the eighties, but especially in the nineties where, you know, now we can pick up our phones and I think about all the songs that I lost just walking around where I'd have either a melody or a beat or something in my head. And then like, you know, two hours go by and it's gone forever. I couldn't just get that down on a voice memo. Prince had that shit in one of his studios where he could hum something and get it down and it was on tape and it would be there he could wasn't voice it, activate it wasn't just but, studios it was every fucking room in his house yes that's what i was gonna get to that he could voice activate anywhere he was walking around so he that dude fucked and they definitely wrote he, songs about him fucking okay, okay, okay. well what do you think those beats come from man that's the slap <laughs> okay so growing up my best friend in middle school and high school was uh they lived in Bayport. Well, no, not Bayport. Uh, what's it called? Oh, God. I just had it. I was so excited. I couldn't stand it. Anyway, my best friend growing up, her dad 
played drums for fun with Prince and Prince's brother at Paisley Park on the regular. And I never attended, you know, also because I was a minor probably, but I never attended any of those shindigs. But um, like they were jam mates. And amazing. Amazing. And her dad was a phenomenal drummer, like just for fun. He was a dentist by trade, but. um, I think so to get back to the question though, it's like where we are now, it may not be as impressive, but you have to kind of mentally transport yourself back 20 to 30 years and realize what he was doing and the things he was doing it with. And the investment. Yes, to see how advanced everything was in that in that complex, because this is that I mean, that's what blew me the way I went. This was early 2000s when I was I don't remember I was fully gigging as hard at that point. I was probably just starting to gig around the Twin Cities and, and get things moving. And, and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. Like cell phones were still pretty new. And I was just like, fuck me. Like, I think, of, again, all the stuff that I've lost. And this dude is literally saving everything. Like you were saying, Dave, it's it's. It's so cool. Like all the, I remember all the different studios and rooms too, because he saved all of his dad's stuff. So, I mean, he has a Rhodes from like 1950 something in there and like all this old gear and all this other cool stuff. So if you're a music nerd that just likes looking at all preserved old gear, he's got like super high tech studio. And then he's got like something that looks like it's been in the garage for like, you know, 50 years, half a century, but it all functions because it's mm-hmm. Prince. He's going to actually yeah. use that stuff. The dude My ex-husband invent- was a professional musician or wannabe professional musician. I don't know if such a thing exists anymore, if anyone can make a living that way with the streaming and whatnot. Um, it's tough. I'll they say were it's very tough. extremely talented regardless. And uh, even my death, Southern metal, Metallica, whatever, ex-husband really appreciated Prince's that up um i mean the dude invented the fucking music video with purple rain yeah essentially like just put the, that entire, put the that entire stage movie. and let me do my thing yeah he basically fucking invented music videos um yep. as they were he didn't invent them but he basically like made it like oh yeah you can just show this shit and and the entire movie is basically just like one long music video that well, they, they could just like, cut I, I call myself a multi-instrumentalist, right? Like, I mean, yes, cello is my principal, but I play all the things. I go in the studio. They kind of panic, but then they love me too because they know how it's going to be. Like, Eric's going to play guitar here. Then he's going to roll over there and play bass and roll over there and play drums and add some strings and add some horns. And I just do this tornado thing. Where did that start? I mean, Prince was a humongous mm-hmm. proprietor and like mm-hmm. first person yeah. doing that kind of thing where the he music just played. Man. Yes, he played everything, yeah. multi-tracked it down. And I, I wasn't even conscious of this, of this as a kid or even in like in the 90s. It wasn't probably till the 2000s where I really realized, mm-hmm. holy shit, he's recording everything, then hiring the band and then going on tour. But everything yeah. that I'm listening to is pretty. It's all him. Also, some of your, uh, your favorite 1980s uh, musical tracks were probably written by Prince. Correct. Like yeah. that dude wrote shit for Madonna. That dude wrote shit for... Uh, yeah, the Bengals. Uh, that dude wrote shit for uh, fucking uh, who's the country country music artist? Um, Tim McGraw, Red, Redhead, Redhead Lady, Reba, Reba, oh, um, Reba McIntyre. Yep. Yeah, 
Yep. Like he was, he's a fucking fan of Reba McIntyre. Like, and he wrote shit yep. for her too. Like that dude wrote shit for everybody under different pseudonyms. He was a musical prodigy genius, like Beethoven of our times. Yeah. So right. Eric, basically the, the, what we're all saying is that you should definitely become a fan of Prince and dive into <laughs> his oeuvre. He asked uh, if Paisley Park is worth it if he's not yep. a super fan. Oh yeah. No, it's totally worth it. And you should be definitely become a super fan of Prince. I think <laughs> is the, is the correct answer there. So. Right. Uh, so Jess, if you're not you a have, super fan, become one. But Paisley Park is worth it either way. Still worth it. Yes. Agreed. 100%. Agreed. I 100% agree. So I haven't been there. I haven't been there since he passed away. I My first two yeah, shots of COVID were out in uh, fucking Prior Can Lake. I so I, I, I drove. Yeah, I drove past there uh, on Highway 5, you know, or Highway 12, getting out to my COVID shots. No, I was like, oh, I should maybe stop out here. I was like, stop. But I was like, I think they weren't open at the time. It was like a weird. Honestly, I don't want day. to go. Now that he's passed, I really don't. I don't want to go. I, I have this vision in my head that I don't want to um, revise of what mm. Paisley Park is and what it means and what it looks like. All of that in my head is imagined, and it's been imagined for the last fifteen years. I don't want to reimagine. Actually, that's, that's not reimagining; that's seeing the real. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sometimes the vision is better. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, all right, Jess, you you have one final question for Eric. This is the kicker, and I warned you mm. in advance. Okay, after the Finley touchy feely video. <laughs> I enjoyed immensely, even in the midst of my Q4 rush to close. All of my, I have one last outstanding deal to close. Bitches. Um, they, I can't, okay, yeah, that's not, no, no one knows who I'm talking about. Anyway, had to double check. I've had two drinks now for the listeners at home. And uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a lightweight. Anyway, so here's the real meat of the matter. And mm -hmm. everything we've talked about so far leading mm -hmm. up to this um, has all been, um, what do you call it, in the, like an opera. You know, the, the entry, you're a musician, you know, mm -hmm. just the like build up the gone with the wind. What do they call that? When it's just the instrumental. Yeah. Overture. Yes! Yes! That's exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. So everything till now has been an overture. And here's the meat of it. Are you ready, Eric? Por favor. Eric. Mm. Which loons have you seen naked? Which have you seen partially naked? And who looked the best, whether partial or full naked? Oh, boy. There, there was a lot of partial. I can say that. Almost everyone was partial. Brett Coleman? Um, he was okay. Um, uh, no, no, no. This is this. Okay, so oh, that at, was a partial? Uh, yes, partial. Yes. Ozzy? Uh, it was not there at the time. This was 2019. Miguel? I don't remember. Uh, no. Miguel was one of the, I mean, he's a pretty modest guy. He was close. Obviously. Yes. Miguel, my bell. 
sont yeah. des mondes qui vont très bien ensemble. I think what Jess wants to know is like, who has the best dog? Uh, okay, uh, there were definitely... In my mouth. Physique matters. It's not, it's not size matters, but not as much as you might think. I mean, I didn't, I didn't say the longest dog. I said the best dog. Don't put words in my mouth, Jess. Don't put words in my mouth. I said best dong, not longest dong. Before best before we get to objective. Before we get to dongs, if I go back to partial, I, I think the guy that maybe looked the best, uh, shirtless, or I, I, I remember Boxall for some reason. Michael Boxall. Boxall. I was gonna say Michael yes, Boxall. Abs. That dude. Yes, that dude fucking ripped. is is he's fucking ripped. ripped as shit. Yeah, and, and I mean, and, and I and I like oh, it I after mean, I, the games a lot. Yeah, he and I mean, smells you know, really I'm, nice too. I'm an Iberian man. I've, I have lots of body hair, and I kind of like the fact that he's like he's not doing the shave. He's just like letting it run, and I'm like, all right, brother, solidarity. Okay. but I mean, ripped, um, savage. Okay, so so it was difficult because it wasn't this phone. It was an older model of a phone, but we I was using the phone hooked up to a mic to get all the audio and things like that. And not that we could have like snapped a pic or whatever of these guys walking in. Nor would you would you do that? It's a professional. No, no, would we? Of course not. Not at all. Not at all. But it was all corner of the eye thing. And I, I again, this is now four years ago, so or whatever. Time is an illusion at this point. Um, I think I'm a hanging couple on of your them, every like, word. I know. I'm just saying a couple of them are long gone, so I can't even remember. But I think. The one I do kind of remember, very, very uh, short towel covering situation here, right? Um, and, and I'm pretty sure I got a peek of, yeah, let's see. So it would have been, mm, and that was before. So we we're in between, Jess, in between. I mean, it, we would have had Miguel. Miguel was there, yes. It's okay. She's going to keep coming, isn't she? <laughs> she is. Just... <laughs> Just say whose dick you saw, bud. I think I saw Gasper's dick. Okay. <laughs> okay, so as you may have known as a listener, I'm not a huge Chase Gasper fan um, on the pitch, but off the pitch, I'm fascinated. Tell me more. That, that would have been his rookie year, right, Zeller? 2019? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think he was drafted in 2018. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I remember was, and it wasn't like full exposure. It was just like the really short towel, and there was just a little bit of this happening, like the towels here, kind of a thing. Cut or not? <gasps> An cut? outline, a whisper, a dick whisper. Is he? But cut? there were definitely. A, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, we I, all there, know. Were, there were there were definitely there, there were at least two that were very much like out like this and like. Oh shit! Women, whoosh! I just, I just don't, I can't place the faces of the names, but the one that might, that may still be or is still around, pretty sure it was our. Straight into your head is Chase Casper's <laughs> dick flopping pick, around. All right. Oh, you golden retriever, you. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> Jess. What would she say? <laughs> Like Red Rocket. Like, you know how I call him the Golden Retriever, right? Like, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to get the ball. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Red Rocket. Now, here's the thing. I, I think we need to have some confirmation with Sheila because she probably remembers this way better than I do. So when you guys have your ladies' night, we have to bring Sheila back so that you can get uh, a little more, more details and more confirmation. 
Because I, I bet she remembers it better than I do. <laughs> we definitely need to make that happen as a Patreon podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. Um, I know, you know Sheila's here's very, fun thing too, very like, busy so with the mid post, but everybody was focused on all the English speakers, and I was of course trying to get something from a couple of the Spanish speakers. Mm-hmm. And at the time, uh, Angelo Angelo Rodriguez was there, and so was Darwin. Mm-hmm. And I got like maybe 10 seconds from Darwin and then a, a reggaeton be kicked in right and all of a sudden they weren't like grinding on each other but they were super close and I think they expected me to like be like the peanut butter to their sandwich you were gonna be the meat sandwich <laughs> but, I, but I was holding the mic and I was like trying to get and you were like where do you want this I know so I'm like oh am I supposed to like like get in there <laughs> So that was, that was that was a missed opportunity that to this day I think I kind of regret. I could have been the <laughs> peanut butter to the the, the Darwin on the sandwich. All right, I have I have lots of uh, titles for the podcast now at this point. Um, <laughs> please rate and review this podcast wherever you get it. Dave's I know dot com, Patreon slash the Dave's I know at TDIKMN on Twitter. Eric, where? Uh, where can people find the Minnesota football show? Yes, at MN football show on all the socials. Uh, I'm no longer running the Twitter, obviously. I hope they've been doing something with it. Uh, but I've been pretty active on the Instagram, which I assume is still going to the book face, where I'm also not at because, <laughs> I've had, yes, I've had a very, very rough year. I've had I've been in a lot of recovery and therapy. This, of course, gone back for many decades. And getting off of social media was a huge part of getting my shit together i don't i don't really do it much myself since uh you know college remember when facebook you had to have like a college at dot edu email address to sign up for that shit mark zellerberg no mark what's his fucking name just he just roped she just roped you into it (laughs) not this zellerberg you know you're the zellerberg in my heart dave um you know fuck face do you know any jewish people I want to be a Jew. My maiden name was Moses. I thought for sure I was Jewish. And then I did 23andMe and I'm not. And I'm disappointed. All right. Well, you can find Jess at uh, her her off-use handle, Jessica1440839 or 2. Thank you. Uh, I'm at Texas Zeller. And MJ, uh, if he ever stops playing broomball, is at MJ Matsui. Thank you, Eric. This has been uh, a blast. Way too Thank long. You all. That was fun. My Very fun. So far. I'm sorry, yeah. guys. Aww. We'll Thank be having so we'll, 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 a blast. You'll come back soon. Especially with yeah. MJ here. It's like we need we need MJ. Um, but yeah. Look, so, the girl, Sheila. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can do can do. Yeah. I definitely want to make that a Patreon podcast that you and, and Sheila and uh, Bridget, Bridget. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll produce it. I'll just like not say a fucking word. That would be so you guys awesome. For like an hour and a half. Um, like that so, all right, keep it the day you know. Keep it the day you know. We Son. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.
God King.